Hello, hello, hello! You're listening to Big Easy Ideas, a podcast that features live recordings from New Orleans Entrepreneur Week and builds connections at the intersection of innovation and culture. New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, or NOE as the locals like to call it, is an annual event across the city of New Orleans every March and is a celebration of startups, innovation, entrepreneurship, and what's next. Learn more and check out ways to get involved at neworleansentrepreneurweek.org or noew.org. And now, on to today's episode. Big Easy Idea listeners, thank you for tuning in. Today's episode is all about the sandbox mentality and opportunities for Louisiana and other Gulf South states to break through into new sectors and keep pace with the global economy. Eric Peterson, director of the Center for Technology and Innovation at the Pelican Institute, shares his analysis of the state's economic landscape. While Louisiana is blessed with an abundance of natural resources and creative people, its adherence to tradition has held it back from growth in new sectors of the economy, especially cutting-edge technology. With a forward-thinking mindset and a lens of innovation and technology at the forefront, Eric will highlight some areas where Louisiana is well-positioned to excel, from drones to Bitcoin mining to Web3 and more. At the top of the episode, you'll hear Chris Khalil, Executive Director of New Orleans Bioinnovation Center, introduce Eric and share why he is also committed to supporting innovation in our region. You can read more of Eric's writings on Louisiana's opportunities for leadership through technology and innovation at pelicanpolicy.org and follow him directly on Twitter at Eric underscore Peterson underscore. And now let's hear from Chris Khalil. importance of supporting and driving innovation in our region cannot be understated and that's why it's a pleasure to partner with the Idea Village and New Orleans Entrepreneur Week and that's why it's also a pleasure to introduce our first speaker of the day, Mr. Eric Peterson. Eric works at the Pelican Institute where he's director of the Pelican Center for Technology and Innovation. Since joining the Institute, Eric has focused on making Louisiana the most tech-friendly state in the nation including work on legislation related to aerial drones, broadband access, and cryptocurrency. Eric's writings have appeared in numerous outlets, including the Washington Post, The Advocate, and Forbes. Eric is a hometown man. He attended Tulane University, where he graduated with a degree in political economy and economics. Eric? Hello, and thank you for the opportunity to speak to you all today. When I was attending Tulane a little over a decade ago, it would have been difficult to imagine myself standing here speaking in front of so many people at such a great event. It's obvious to the people in this room and those watching at home what makes Louisiana and New Orleans so special. The Crescent City comes with 300 years of history that has built a culture and institutions that are unmatched. These institutions and culture are most obviously expressed during Mardi Gras when people come from across the world to celebrate with us. 
I'm sure many of you felt equally enthusiastic to see the return of Mardi Gras that brought our city back to life. Louisiana and New Orleans are not only blessed in terms of culture and institutions, but also with the natural resources that are critical to this country's future. The Mississippi River provides port infrastructure that is essential for global supply change. Gas prices have risen to levels not seen in decades. Louisiana is well positioned to meet these challenges. Not only does Louisiana have large supplies of natural gas and oil, but also the refinery infrastructure to meet America's energy needs, as well as the energy needs of countries that previously relied on Russian energy. But with these benefits of history, culture, and natural resources, come downsides. Too often, we've relied on these natural advantages and we are afraid of change. This slow innovation has left Louisiana and New Orleans struggling in a rapidly changing economy. Let me give you an example. Windstone Financial is a subsidiary of Riot Blockchain, which is the largest Bitcoin mining company in the world. For those of you unaware about how Bitcoin mining works, let me give you a simplified version. In order to send Bitcoin from one person to another, you need a computer to validate that transaction. Whatever computer completes that transaction is rewarded with Bitcoin, which currently has a market value of about $40,000 per Bitcoin. As such, many people set up large number of specialized computers in hopes of completing these transactions, which is known as mining. The cost of computers as well as housing uh, this, these computers is a fixed cost. The energy cost and the, to house and cool the computers are a variable cost, and these energy costs are not insignificant. As such, because Bitcoin mining can take place anywhere in the world, companies often seek out areas where they consider reliable and affordable energy. This makes Louisiana particularly well-suited for this industry, and we have some of the cheapest industrial power costs in the nation, as, a, as well as a large supply of stranded energy, which can be beneficial to both Bitcoin miners and energy producers. As a Louisiana native, Chad Everett wanted to make his mining company right here in Louisiana. To do so, he needed to come to a, a long-term agreement with a power supplier who would be willing to sell power for, at a lower than retail rate for a guarantee of consistent energy demand. When describing his business, he found skepticism for those who wanted, he wanted to partner with. The traditional energy partners were unwilling to partner with him and take the risk. And like too many entrepreneurs in Louisiana, he ultimately moved to Texas. In Texas, he found much of the same skepticism he found in Louisiana, but his energy partners were willing to work through this process and they ultimately reached an agreement. Now, Windstone is the biggest employer in Milam County and has raised the median income of the county from $40,000 to $55,000 in a matter of a few years. The same story with Bitcoin mining has unfortunately played out too many times in Louisiana. Texas is now one of the leaders of the Bitcoin mining industry and throughout the world. In fact, Houston is holding a Bitcoin mining conference next week. Meanwhile, Louisiana, with its vast energy resources and creative people, failed to register on the mining scale. Now, even with these struggles, I remain long-term bullish on Louisiana and New Orleans. After graduating Tulane, I moved to Washington, D.C., but returned in 2019. I made this decision because I believe the city and the state can unleash the same kind of entrepreneurship and investment that many of our neighbors have in the South. But changing the course in Louisiana will require a change in mindset and vision. While our history and our culture remain important to our state, we must be willing to adapt and evolve and do so by testing new ideas. Doing so will require a change from both our business leaders in our state as well as our political leaders. 
That's when I want to talk to you about the sandbox mindset. Many of us have fond memories of playing in the sandbox as a child. With our, within the confines of the sandbox, we could build anything our shovels and our minds could muster. Oftentimes, the structure would collapse and we would simply build something new and find out what worked. It's that testing and learning process that's so important. It's, in that controlled environment, it can be a t powerful tool to Louisiana's future in this space. The most obvious example of how Louisiana can embrace the sandbox mindset would, of course, be passing regulatory sandboxes. These can be done by both the legislature and the Supreme Court. Regulatory sandboxes started in the United Kingdom in 2014, and they were run through the central bank. A regulatory sandbox provided, financial, or provided regulatory flexibility to new products in the financial technology sector, but under the watchful eye of regulators. This program proved to be enormously successful, and the companies which entered the sandbox were more successful at attracting and raising capital than those in the traditional regulatory structure. More than 80% of the companies to go through to a sandbox are still in existence today. Sandboxes eventually made their way to the United States in 2018 when Arizona created the first financial technology sandbox. The sandbox works by having businesses submit their plan to the state regulator. They then work with the regulator to create a custom regulatory structure that fits their unique business model rather than trying to apply regulations that might have been written decades ago to new and innovative products. Companies continue to work with the regulators to come, up, to come into full compliance with the law, or they submit a report to the legislators to let them know where the law needs to change. Since its inception in 2018, more than 15 companies have graduated from the Arizona Financial Technology Sandbox. These companies have brought millions of dollars and hundreds of jobs to Arizona. Companies range from cryptocurrency, refinancing car loans, and helping bank develop technology that can help the unbanked. More importantly than the job creation and the investment from these sandbox is that many of the products serve those who have been traditionally left out by the financial community. As a hub of trade and with too many people who are underbanked, a financial technology sandbox is a perfect mechanism to prove the sandbox mindset in Louisiana. But not all sandboxes are in the financial technology sector. A sandbox's greatest success isn't in the financial technology space, but in the legal services. Louisiana is well known for having a unique legal structure, but like many other states, is highly regulated and has seen little innovation over the years. This creates an environment where too many people lack basic legal services, such as helping with contracts or minor violations. Utah chose a different path by creating a legal sandbox via their Supreme Court. The sandbox allows for innovation in the legal sector, such as non-lawyer investment into firms, the use of software to complete legal documents, and even some non-lawyers offering traditional legal services. Utah has found tremendous success with over 30 companies participating in the Sandbox program and have completed services for 8,400 clients with less than five complaints to Sandbox administrators. These are examples where the Sandbox test and learn mindset is the most obvious, but they're hardly the only ones possible in Louisiana. Let me briefly highlight three, which, which I think are important to Louisiana's future, being aerial drones, Bitcoin mining, and Web3, which many of you heard a lot about yesterday. Some of Louisiana's largest industries are ripe to provide a catalyst for the creation of a nationwide leaning drone industry based in the Pelican State. Drone technology has grown by leaps and bounds over the past few years and was once considered a hobby, is now undergoing a period of rapid growth and professionalization. Here are a few industries where drones can be most helpful to Louisiana. I think the most obvious example to the people in this room is the oil and gas industry. 
This industry often relies on sending people to observe parts of oil rigs uh, or other equipment. Not only is this time consuming, but it's also dangerous. With the advent of high definition real-time cameras, this equipment can be observed safely and effectively. Louisiana, as you well know, also has issues with coastal erosion. Drones can prove effective at surveying of coastal erosion, as well as creating effective 2D and 3D mapping of coastal areas. Drones have proven effective at this task in the United Kingdom and have already used to some extent in Louisiana. Drones can help Louisiana create a long-term and effective strategy for dealing with coastal erosion. They also play an important part in hurricane or disaster recovery. As a recent homeowner, I had significant property damage after Hurricane Ida, but was relatively lucky compared to so many others and that have suffered over the past year and a half in our state. Through recent tornado, we only recently highlights the need for this technology. Drones are crucial in surveying personal property damage without the need of a person to climb on what could be a dangerous roof. But even more important than examining housing is surveying damage to critical infrastructure, such as power lines where crews must repair quickly, but approaching can also be dangerous. Drones can also provide enhanced search and rescue in the wake of a hurricane. Florida State's drone program provided important help to Louisiana after Hurricane Ida. But this, of course, begs the question, why don't our local colleges have similar programs? Nickel State has an excellent drone program, and I was fortunate enough to visit it and see both drones in action, and more importantly, the students who pilot them. Many of these students are looking to start their own business in the drone industry, or even find work within it. Even high schools such as St. Amant's in Ascension Paris offers a drone program, and so far, 28 high school students have become certified drone pilots. Louisiana's educational institutions providing skills training for a new economy is a clear win for our state, but more can be done. Last year, Representative Bob Owen passed legislation that created a drone advisor committee to study how to make Louisiana a leader in the industry. The recommendations have yet to be finished, so let me offer a few of my own. While federal regulatory impacts certainly impacts the drone industry in Louisiana, the legislature can create a regulatory certainty with the drones by creating an easement, which would allow drones to operate across the state as long as they're compliant with federal law and a few state laws dealing with critical infrastructure. On the local level, enterprising officials can look to partner with companies and universities to test out our programs or invest in the uh, opportunities I just spoke of. Louisiana can send a signal to the drone industry that if you have a drone company or technology, Louisiana is welcoming you with open arms as a workforce to meet your needs. Previously, I had mentioned the failure of Louisiana to attract a Bitcoin mining industry. Indeed, the story I mentioned is just one of the many conversations I've had with individuals throughout the state who want to mine in Louisiana, but are unable to find willing partners in the energy sector. This is especially frustrating for Great American Mining, one of the largest producers of mining equipment for flare natural gas in the nation that is headquartered right here in Louisiana, but is doing no mining. But even with Louisiana's subpar performance so far, not all is lost. Bitcoin mining has proven to be exceptionally mobile. Look no further than China, which banned Bitcoin mining last year. Much of the equipment moved to the United States, and it's a major reason why Texas is a leader in the industry. It is up to companies in the oil, in the oil and gas sector and the energy sectors, as well as local cooperatives, to be willing to take the chance to partner with Bitcoin miners. The legislature and local leaders can also play an important role. Many in the mining community highlight Texas's deregulated power grid and as a major reason for the state's success in Bitcoin mining. Market forces put pressure on the energy providers to find consistent purchasers of their energy, making Bitcoin miners natural partners. Now, I'm not suggesting that Louisiana need to degrade, 
deregulate their power grid to attract miners, but they can borrow ideas from Wyoming, another leader in the mining space. Wyoming has introduced legislation allowing for local politicians to create deregulated industrial power zones. These would create small areas conducive to Bitcoin mining in the energy-rich parishes across the state and serve as a magnet for those looking to deploy equipment. This model also benefits from requiring a partnership up front since it's unlikely that a politician would petition for such a zone without interest from both a miner and an energy producer. Now, the previous two industries I outlined are well positioned to succeed in Louisiana because of our natural resources and our geography. But as you well know, the greatest resource that Louisiana has is its people and its unique culture that they create. The technology that makes the aforementioned Bitcoin possible is known as the blockchain. You might have heard a little bit about it yesterday. There's some great presentations on it. But for those of you who weren't here, blockchain technology allows for the creation of a digital public ledger. This ledger is essentially unchangeable. Uh, once an entry, say of a transfer of Bitcoin tokens is made and allows for ownership of digital assets that was impossible on the internet that most of us were familiar with. Blockchain technology has spawned an entirely new ecosystem that is generally known as Web3. This is a reference to the third version of the internet, the first internet being the websites such as AOL, Netscape, and Pets.com, and Web2 being the platform internet that many of us are familiar with today and hopefully tweeting about this speech with companies such as Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. Web2 was a period of intense centralization where creators of content often gave it away for free or relied on the platforms to get paid for the content that they created. Web3 promises a return to the decentralization of the internet as opposed to the large platforms we know today. This has the potential to empower creators and allow them to reap the benefits of their creation rather than the beneficiaries living out in California. New Orleans is well positioned to capitalize on web in a few ways. Foremost, New Orleans is home to some of the most creative people on the planet. People come from around the world to see our art, listen to our music, and eat our food. Imagine every artist in Jackson Square having the ability to transfer a non-fungible token to those visiting the city, allowing for a digital representation of art to be displayed for all the world to see. Imagine, rather than having to pack into a concert venue, those wanting to see our music firsthand could enter the metaverse and attend a concert virtually. The market for those who can experience New Orleans and what we have to offer would expand immensely. New Orleans is also famous for its civic organizations, epitomized by its social and pleasure clubs. Non-fungible tokens acting as exclusive access and participation in these societies is a natural fit. This would provide the ability for people newer to the city to participate in what makes our city and culture so unique without the exclusivity that at times can make New Orleans seem hostile to those without deep roots in our city. Finally, New Orleans has a chance to attract those who are building the technology to make Web3 possible. Traditionally, technologists have clustered in Seattle, Silicon Valley, and lately Austin. But recent events have shifted this paradigm. COVID created a work from home culture that allows these people to work anywhere. Those working on Web3 projects already wanna work in a decentralized manner and so moving to a city like New Orleans is a natural fit. There's already a growing movement of Web3 people living and working in New Orleans that I see some of them today, uh, but there's still more to be done to cement Web3's growth in the state. The first steps can be taken in Baton Rouge. In this legislative session, there are four legislative instruments, all which would promote the adoption of blockchain technology in different ways. Passing any number of these would be a huge boon not only in clarifying important legal distinctions in this technology, 
but signaling to those in the Web3 ecosystem that Louisiana is serious about being a hub for innovation. As a new bipartisan blockchain caucus has just been formed, I am optimistic about the prospects of Louisiana moving in the right direction on these issues. The second is on the local level. Apart from addressing the current crime and infrastructure issues that are key towards attracting developers who want a high quality of life, after all, one of the benefits of decentralization is they can live and work anywhere, local government signaling a willingness to work with them will be key. We saw a little bit of that yesterday. One of the current hubs of Web3 activity is Miami, and there's no small part due to Mayor Francis Suarez courting the industry. He, he is famous on Twitter for asking companies, how can I help? And bringing those working on the projects into his office for meetings and finding out where the roadblocks and the red tape exist so he can remove them. And we'll take a similar outreach effort in New Orleans for us to reach our potential in this space. The people who founded New Orleans were traders, and their entrepreneurial spirit still rings true in the city. Over the last 300 years, we built a culture that is all our own. This culture will continue to be an important part of the city, but preserving that culture does not mean the city must be frozen in amber and reject outsiders and the new ideas that they bring. Indeed, New Orleans has thrived because it embraced so many of the best traditions from so many different kinds of people and created them into something new. Many of the technologies I have outlined here can work in the same way by taking new ideas and combining them into what makes New Orleans a hotbed of entrepreneurship and a leader in innovation for years to come. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Big Easy Ideas. Big Easy Ideas is produced by The Idea Village a nonprofit accelerator that supports startups and cultivates entrepreneurial talent in New Orleans and the greater Gulf South region. By visiting ideavillage.org, you can learn more about how to turn your idea into a thriving business and how to turn your business into a high growth startup. You can also learn more about opportunities to invest in startups, ways to mentor, partner, and support local industry leading companies. You might also find a job in our region's thriving tech and startup community. The idea is, it takes a village. So visit ideavillage.org to explore how to get involved in the Gulf South's rapidly growing entrepreneurial ecosystem. The music for Big Easy Ideas is by the Young Fellas Brass Band from their new album, Block Party, which is available now on all streaming platforms. You can find the Young Fellas Brass Band on the streets of New Orleans and at their website, youngfellasbrassband.com. That's fellas with a Z, young F-E-L-L-A-Z brassband.com. And of course, we want to give a special thank you to all of the sponsors of New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, in addition to the year-round donors and supporters of the Idea Village, who make this work possible and keep this content accessible to all. And finally, thank you for listening. We can't wait to see you down in the Big Easy. Until next time.